Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome to Comic Book Nation's The Pool List. I am your host, Matt Aguilar, and I have uh, the amazing original, like, OG trio of Kofi Outlaw and Janelle Wheeler all here to talk about comics. What's up, guys? Hi. Happy Valentine's Day. Ah, <laughs> uh, yay. Happy Valentine's Day. Yay. Kofi's uh, like, I'm uh, Awesome. I know that. <laughs> so, uh, awesome. Well, uh, we got a lot to talk about. Uh, there's some big things going on, uh, both in the big two and plenty outside of the big two. So I want to make sure we get to as many comics as we can. So let's get things started uh, with one we had to talk about, Batman number 143. Uh, if you joined us uh, last episode, we talked about the kind of first chapter to Joker year one in this Chip Zdarsky saga, but also blending of the night and everything that's kind of uh, coalescing universe uh, in the Batman world as it as it stands. Uh, and and chapter two hit this week. And it was one of the things where I really wanted to talk Joker year one with Janelle, because I know Joker is, if not her favorite character, one of her favorite characters. I'm not sure if that's changed since the last time I checked in. Um, and this one really like you know, hits the gas on what's going on in the future and also what's happening, kind of the lead up to the creation of the Joker and and the biggie here. And obviously we're going to get into light spoilers here. We're not going to outright spoil things. So don't worry about that. Uh, we're not going to spoil some big explanations here, but it is out there that uh, the three Jokers is addressed in this book and and we do get an explanation here so we will kind of do our best to, to dance around that um so for me i mean i i just I, I, what chip has been doing in this series with blending all of these different areas of the batman lore he's built up and he he continues to find ways to really explore the characters as in their origins and people with but while revealing new things it doesn't really ever feel like a retread it doesn't feel like oh my god i've seen this a million times there's you know there's not the vaunted uh the pearls drop again i've seen how many times do i gotta see batman's parents die right like we've seen that over and over and over again and while we there are elements of that in these books obviously with joker and ace chemicals and things like that they are used in very different ways and he's finding new areas to explore there and then of course painted against the what the bat s that's happening in the future and all that stuff it just makes something very unique uh and if you were reading the other areas of chip sadarsky's batman universe namely the night i feel like you are rewarded with understanding 
um, even more uh, and, and getting a better understanding. You don't have to, uh, which is what I uh, enjoy about this. But uh, I feel like you do get a lot more out of it. Uh, Kofi, what do you what are you thinking here with number two? And what did you think? Obviously, doing our best to dance around spoilers. But what did you think of how it addresses the three jokers? Um, I, I think we talked about this when we kind of did part one in our discussion last week. And I said uh, that I felt like we could see Chip Zdarsky kind of taking three jokers and doing what he does with mythology, which is reworking this thing that's kind of gotten out of control into a concept that's much more manageable about what it has to do with Joker and kind of rooting it back into some core lore about the character. And that's exactly what we got in this second chapter. Um, uh, it's kind of hard to talk about without getting into spoilers, but what they do here using a character that we saw from Batman the night and how they set up Joker, not only who Joker is and, and these different personas of Joker, but how Joker kind of operates as a mental opposite to Batman is very interesting. Um, I have always reservations about when you start to transform some of the stuff they're transforming, how that mythology will hold once a creator like Chip Zardesky kind of steps away. And if it's something other people can sustain, because you are kind of changing the nature of Batman and the Joker a little bit into how they both kind of see the world and why they are so dogmatic in their kind sure. of pursuits. And you're kind of making it an aspect of something else that they've kind of learned. And that's a different take on the characters, but it is very interesting to see and to deepen the idea of why Joker is this opposite to Batman and, and what that means. So I think this one also helps to clarify where the first one is kind of an assault on the senses with the different time periods and things like in this one, it's a lot, more settled and smooth you know what you're kind of getting into you know which each time period is like and what the storyline is there and it, it's an ambitious kind of three-pronged story but I, I like it more than i think i liked something like uh you know what was that bat and cat or what was that series with batman and catwoman like that was in the future it was actually uh it was actually batman catwoman <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what they ended up renaming it. <laughs> um, which, again, same story format was a Batman story over three time periods and, and how confusing and all that that got and also featuring Joker. Um, but, uh, yeah, this is much more clear and, and it's much more interesting about what it's setting up about Joker and how it relates to basically how it relates to him and what's happening in this future time period. Yeah, for I, sure. I love listening to Kofi try not to spoil. It's one of my <laughs> no, it's it's things. hard, man. It's difficult. <laughs> <laughs> but Kofi has a way. Like there's a Kofi way of not spoiling, and it's great. Um, yeah, so my take on this, because yes, you are correct, Matt. Uh Joker is one of my favorite characters, is do I need to read anything else this week? Because I love this so much. I don't like nothing can live up, everything's gonna suck <laughs> compared to this. Um, and I did not read last week's book, and I still was that invested in it and understood and comprehended and figured it out. Um quite easily i love this dude uh that we're showing on the screen right now oh this yes is, yes he man he has such a cool part 
And it's, it's such a payoff at the end of, of that kind of like story with him. And, uh, Joker is frightening. No more, uh, Hey, Joker's hot. No, like this is not Jared Leto Joker. This is scary, (laughs) demented, twisted, and gross looking Joker. There's this one scene, um, where he's like coming out of water. Oh yes. And it, is unbelievable. Like if I was a little more brave, I would print that and frame it and put it on my wall. But like that would freak me out in the middle of the night. Like, <laughs> but the artwork, oh my God. And that one part was just spectacular and so creepy. Like this is, this is like the dark adult feeling comic book that I just kind of need in my life. And it has like reawakened my excitement for Batman books in general. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, that artwork. I, I love what they're doing with the different art styles. They are, they, yeah. they're perfectly contrasted. Um, I thought it was yeah, a photo. When, I'm like, did yeah. they get someone to pose in the water as Joker. Cause this is insane. Like these two pages, I just can't wait for everybody to see it. And I can't say what it involves, but there's a no. scene later that happens where he's like coming out of the shadow. Right. And he does something very important there. And that's man, like talk about just nailing a scene. Like my God, mm-hmm. uh, that's, that's impressive. Um, so yeah, I, I think this is so far, uh, the people who have really kind of um, been along for the ride in the Zdarsky Batman mythology he's set up, uh, I, I think it's been rewarded in the long term. And I'm very excited to see how we eventually land the plane. Right. Because we still got a lot of things. Kofi mentions this last week. Uh, we have a lot of things happening, a lot mm-hmm. of threads out there, and we are bringing a lot of them together already. But there's more, especially with this, there's a lot more to bring together. And so I'm I'm curious how we how we get there. But uh, this has been like the takeaway is just if you haven't checked it out yet, is like Joker is shining like this is a like if you love the Joker, this is like the moment like I'm just feeling the storyline for the Joker so much. Well, and yeah. it's been mentioned in the comments and I'm going to get to it here. Um, the and, and it is a big news day. We typically don't cover things outside of comics here, but, uh, you know, when it drops right in the middle of your show, you're going to do it. Uh, so nobody's listening. Yeah, but. Yeah, we're going to do it. So uh, Valentine's Day, Marvel Studios had a a surprise uh, and dropped a uh, Fantastic Four casting confirmation. Um, And so we've got date change and Thunderbolt state change. Live react from Janelle right now. (laughs) So so we're going to do. uh, Yeah. Pedro Pascal has been confirmed. Uh, Vanessa Kirby, uh, Ebon Moss, uh, Backrack. I hope I'm saying that right. Backrack. I'm not sure if I'm saying that correctly. Uh, And Joseph Quinn uh, are officially the Fantastic Four shared with a wonderful little uh, art image. Uh, Fantastic Four is going to be in theaters July 25th of 2025. Uh, Thunderbolts uh, got shifted uh, to uh, May. Second, yep, 2025. That's and then uh, the Deadpool and Wolverine got its title updated to Deadpool and Wolverine. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> lots of lots of stuff happening on that side. But what a what a, what a nice Valentine's Day present from Marvel. We got we got the official casting uh, and go check out the artwork, too, because it's actually of the actors Cute. tied in. It's it's great. So, yeah. How do we feel about that? I, mean, I just love the branding. The branding so cool. It's like a vintage Valentine's Day card. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm kind of curious <laughs> about how they present the artwork for this and kind of like what it says about the aesthetic they could be going with for this. Isn't it very artwork. WandaVision? <laughs> yeah, very throwback, kitschy kind of The Jetsons. Yeah, so I'm kind of really <laughs> curious about this, but this is the cast we heard rumored for a long time now. Um, yeah. And so it's been through the ringer of public opinion on the internet. I think we're happy with pretty much all of these picks, right? Like, is there anybody? Yeah. Oh yeah. Not happy with here. Um, I'm a believer of Joseph Quinn as oh, as Torch. I know that was a little debated online, but I think he's going to kill that role. And like, yeah, people are wondering about Pedro Pascal, but Last of Us season two is already underway. Um, then Mandalorian doesn't require him to be there. Like, it's not like people keep thinking this man's so busy, but anybody who, if you know, you know that this man is going to have time. So he's not that. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, this is kind of crazy, but uh, it's a good cast. I mean, it's a solid ensemble. The most important thing is I can see all four of them doing really well on screen together. Uh, right. Even has already proven to be a great ensemble player. He's like a standout of the bear. Same with Joseph Quinn, who was with a talented young cast in Stranger Things and still was part of that cast, but stood out on his own. Vanessa Kirby's in her era. And I am hoping we get full Pedro Pascal, Reed Richards maker, like the full the whole shebanga bang. Right. So, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, it's crazy. But this is like. But man, this is the stuff we on. How long have we been doing fan? I've been doing Fantastic Four casting news since the early 2010s, and then on some random ass Valentine's Day in 2024 in the middle of the podcast. <laughs> okay, here we go. Also, can we just uh, celebrate? Herbie's in the photo. How dope is that? Herbie got got like the official casting photo. He got he got props. Man, it's awesome. I love That's Herbie. Awesome. Man. I love those Jetsons aspects. I thought Jetsons actually was a perfect analogy because yeah. I love those Jetsons aspects <laughs> of the Fantastic Four. I like the bathtub car. I like like all those mm-hmm. kind of dumb things that I that I love. I just don't like Reed Richards. So I'm I'm hoping for Pascal to turn that character around for me like right. Robert Downey Jr. did Tony Stark because that character say, like, sucks oh. in the comics. Oh, no. <laughs> sci-fi. Even the logo Marvel Studios is done in that old, like, weird Technicolor logo like it's it's uh yeah it's crazy but every one of these actors are just phenomenal like it feels so good to have really really strong actors in these roles because i feel like sometimes when they go with someone unknown in like a leading role you're kind of nervous about it i think everyone's very territorial over fantastic four so it feels good like i love seeing every single one of these actors in these roles i'm very happy with this casting all right let's get back to comics uh unless marvel or dc have any other weird drops to do today (laughs) um you know let's uh let's move into the x-men side of things uh follow the house of x uh number two hit we i remember actually i think we talked about the first issue with this very same crew uh because i i know i remember janelle really digging the first issue uh me and kofi really dug it and so issue two is Whereas issue one kind of was setting up a lot of the pieces in a in a very exciting way. Um, issue two is like, all right, the pieces get to do stuff. Uh, let's put plans in the into action. And it's like, I mean, if you had, you know, brood at brood armies uh, get to actually just tear things up. Uh, Wolverine Colossus get to do what they do best. Oh, my God. Uh, Polaris has. Wow. What a spotlight 
issue for her. Like there's so much happening here uh, and things move forward in so many different places. But uh, I, I just really dug it. I mean, this is very much the opposite of what Powers is just like the original those original series were. And so this is the one I feel like it's so easy to kind of get behind and and the momentum just moves right it's it's more action-packed but you're also just like dealing with the core characters uh and whereas the other book kind of deals with the some macro ideas and larger ideas um i dug it uh how we how we feeling about this are you still hyped on this janelle yeah, this is another one that's really hard not to spoil because uh, there is just so much going on. Um, there are so many like sub stories, like everybody in their particular place trying to handle what they're handling, trying to help the way that they need to help. Um, and so it's it's kind of hard. You kind of pick your favorite and fixate on them. Like uh, Polaris is so awesome. Like the power <laughs> is so cool. Her entrance is so amazing like this obviously like this picture of of the skull like it just it's so powerful it, it's really interesting I feel like there's a lot of action but also a lot of story development like there's just a lot right. going on um and so maybe if you're not super familiar with every single aspect of this you're kind of going wait what why did we jump what what happened here what happened there but overall just really awesome love seeing modok <laughs> <laughs> the legit modok yeah yeah <laughs> uh but yeah i think this one it's you know it it's x-men now that I'm, I'm getting used to it it's bright and colorful and futuristic and spacey at this point i love i love that they're in space um anything spacey makes me happy and yeah it's i, I it would have been spectacular if i read this first but I read, you know, our Batman book first, and it's just nothing can compare to me because all of my Joker senses were <laughs> fulfilled. Like, I just love Joker so much. But I think it's a great <laughs> it's a great read. Um, it's rewarding. The action is picking up. And man, dude, some of these scenes, they're just the attacks and stuff. It's, it's pretty cool. Kofi, how are you feeling? Um, I feel like it was it was kind of the weaker book of the week for me. Uh, it, it just, it, it's one of those things where this book is surveying a lot of the other things that are happening without necessarily making me feel like too intrigued about the larger picture. There are some cool action scenes. This is very much a cool Polaris book for sure. Um, yeah. where she just really be a badass and kind of take that, you know, uh, and successor to Magneto role on directly. But overall, I feel like this, these are just kind of surveying things that were more interesting in the individual books. And it's kind of a big juxtaposition to something like gang war, which had, I feel like much more balance of making each installment of the story, push the story forward while telling a focused kind of story in and of itself. This is more just, moving all the pieces around in a big kind of almost cinematic way, but none of it felt too important or exciting. Um, there's very little of some of the key characters that I've been most interested in. Like, while it's cool to see Polaris, like, you know, what's happening with Gene and apocalypse and we barely get Cyclops, like that kind of stuff. Where's Xavier? Like all this stuff I'm more interested in kind of keeping track of in this issue, just kind of, Weirdly looks in at some of the secondary characters, I feel like. And so it was kind of a weird read for myself, but that's just me. 
Oh yeah, that makes sense. So that's probably why I dug it more. I think because I I like seeing those other characters. I get tired of seeing the same five X Men <laughs> all the time. And and Krakoa was really good about that. But there was a lot of series, right? So you could kind of take your pick. And when you're dealing with this and you're trying to bring all this together, it makes sense that you would have kind of the main people uh, be the focus. But I've always been kind of partial. Uh, to these weird, to the, to the fun outliers, not even the weird ones, you know, where we're not even talking about, uh, you know, brew. <laughs> we're talking about like, Polaris is great. I love that we finally get some Firestar stuff, but like we don't actually get to see her yet. So I was bummed about that. It's always cool to see some of the Sinister clones. Uh, they're always fun. So yeah, I I, I dug this. It was, uh, it was interesting. We're going to move quickly though, because we got a lot to cover. Uh, the Infernals, number one. Uh, now, this one is uh very different than what i kind of typically go for uh in a book uh but it's you know it was one of those things where like uh ryan parrot uh, who i'm a big fan of his work uh is is co-writing it so i'm always going to give it a try and i'm glad i did because i mean if you're not aware the infernals deals with uh the son of satan he's essentially uh he's been you know kind of running this huge criminal empire uh, on Earth, but he has a terminal disease and he only has one month to live. So now we're dealing with, um, you know, uh, essentially someone who, for all intents and purposes, you would have thought would be immortal. You would have thought would be kind of not have to deal with this, right? Has to deal with his mortality and now has to get like the ship in order. And really that comes down to a screwed up dysfunctional family <laughs> that is in the midst of all of these crazy things that surround hell and demons and yeah very much like the cover is a, a huge thing in that regard right it's like uh this is like if um oh man a story of heaven and hell met succession you know it, it's it's got little vibes of that uh in here uh and i man i dug it it took me a minute because they, they hit you with like a lot up front of like you don't really get to know the the character until later. And because the character is the son of Satan, it's not exactly like, you know, the most relatable or the easiest to, <laughs> to kind of get in the mix with. Uh, but but I really enjoyed this. I, I thought like by the end, we really start to see like who the kids are, um, all of their various uh, vices and, you know, how they would probably um be strong in the era role because they got to take over things, right? Uh, because who he wants to take over things cannot. So that is all stuff, by the way, that is not like super spoiler stuff. That's kind of in the description and previews and stuff. So uh, there are some twists and stuff along the way, but I was, but I really dug it. Uh, it was just, but very out of my comfort zone in a way. Uh, Kofi, I know you had a chance to read this one. what do you think? I thought it was a good launch book and I thought it was a very interesting concept. We've seen, uh, the devil or son of Satan, like stories a million times before. But uh, this one using a lot of mythology about some of the darkest entities and various cultures and various religious practices and bringing them together into this family story. It's kind of like a screwed up Sandman meets like succession. And um, <laughs> it hooked me with just the various characters and what we learn about them and kind of how they're at once both powerful, but still you can see vulnerabilities and flaws in each of them and like kind of what makes them really screwed up or interesting so that them coming together and, and trying to do this family business is a very interesting concept and already creates a lot of intrigue for how they're both going to 
mess with each other on a personal level, but because of who they are and what they are, that family drama will radiate out and really have crazy world con- you know consequences with start, whether it's wars or famines or or horrible things happening um just so they can prove which one's the most horrible and and you know and basically prove themselves in a job interview <laughs> you know <and laughs> yeah and there could be a lot of twists and the book ends with a twist by kind of expanding the world in you know, it's in some ways I felt like I came around away from this being like, I wish this is what Marvel's Gods was like. Like, I wish. Oh, I interesting. And kind of understanding of what it's doing with mythology and these two separate forces and all of this stuff that we get by the end of this book suggested that we're going to, you know, have happen. So, yeah, great launch. We talk about first issues all the time. And this one was perfectly measured. You got in, you got to know. The premise, the key characters you need to, they're interesting. And by the end, you had a hook that says, oh, this is still going to be an expanding world and we're going to learn more and it's still going to get more interesting and complicated. So good launch. Yeah. Ryan Parrott, uh, Noah Gardner uh, and John Pearson uh, delivered a a great debut. So I'm excited. Definitely recommend people to go check that out. Um, So moving into some rapid fires, uh, there was there was a lot of stuff this week. Uh, I'm going to kick things off with a real quick one. uh, Greenlander number eight. Um, This one is a. This one, this book has been a rehabilitation project for me for Hal Jordan. I've I've never been. It's known. I've never been the biggest Hal Jordan fan. He's the most popular Green Lantern, but I've never been. I've always been a Kyle Rayner guy. Right. Uh, but also just so many of the other Lanterns, I just always found more interesting. This series, though, has brought me to a new appreciation of the character because the character is dealing with their own flaws and setbacks. And the book acknowledges them in fun ways. And he's grown a lot. And, I, and I've just grown to really appreciate appreciate the character in this series uh and this continues that trend uh we're also getting a lot of interesting mythology uh with the green and things that they're teasing for you know the the united uh planets and all that so there's a lot of intrigue there's a lot of mystery in the bigger picture but how as a character is also becoming I feel like uh, even more complex and I'm appreciating that. And also the backup story, Ron Mars, Dale Eelsham uh, team up for a Kyle Rayner story in the backup. Not going to complain. Okay, he's my favorite. I'm unabashed. That's awesome. Uh, Let's move into a book that is completely tonally different. Uh, If you find this, I'm already dead. Number one, which I have. I I know I didn't um, send it Janelle's way, but oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you got you got to read this. So this is Yeah, he's going to uh, send it my way. I'm excited. Yeah, now. this was talk about a first issue. My god, like this sets a this just hits you with the premise. Um, you know, it's very much uh, you know, Matt Kent if you've read Ether, uh there's some very much some Ether vibes to this. Uh but essentially like there's another kind of planet dimension that, you know, humankind has been able to go through and they've started to settle a colony on this other place. Uh, and then things go terribly wrong. <laughs> it's supposed to be a routine thing. Uh, a, a group of people you meet on the ship there, uh, including the first embedded reporter. And so it's going to be, you know, there's those kind of typical kind of military group uh, aspects to the characters and they're, you're kind of getting to know what they do best. Uh, none of that really matters. 
because holy cow, like things go so wrong so quick. But this just like captivated me from the opening page to the end. Uh, I don't want to get into spoilers because a lot of this is like tied to directly things that happen and it just makes a big impression. So I don't want anyone to lose that. But I just I tur- I got to the end and went, oh, there's no more. Like I, I literally was like, I could have read six more pages of that. So, uh, Kofi, did you have a chance to check this one out? I did. I found it another good, strong first issue. Um, it it wasn't too <coughs> out of left field for me. It reminded me a lot of uh, Daniel Warren Johnson's work in like Do a Power yeah. Bomb or the Transformers issue. It was very much kind of in that vein, but a very good kind of opening premise where you, you think it's going to start and, and be one thing, and then it very very quickly turns. <laughs> to something else and yeah in terms of first issues this one was like balls to the wall just kind of tension and and thrills and sets up a very good is this a regular series limited series i don't know what they're going for here. uh this is probably a limited yeah. mini series probably yeah. most most of yeah. kints like, are yeah it looks like it'll have a good run as a as a mini series and a good arc to it yeah, Dan McDade and uh, Bill Crabtree on art and colors too. Like, wow, some scenes just like <laughs> hit you in a very brutal way. Uh, yeah, I I could not rave uh, enough about that. If you're going to check out something, I mean, there was a lot of good things. Uh, one of the next books we'll move into actually is just real quick on it. Uh, Masterpiece number three. I have been a huge fan of of this series so far. And once again, like issue three for me, I... I just uh, this premise and the lead, I I just find so um, there's such a there's an amount of charm, like almost edgy charm uh, to her that I just love. And I always find, too, that when I think it's going in a direction that I'm going, oh, I've seen this before. It just does one little tweak and it it moves you somewhere else. Uh, Masterpieces. You know, I'm always also a big fan of Bendis and Malieve when they get together. Uh, This is another hit in that uh, canon for them. Uh, Did you have a chance to check this one out, Kofi? I did. Um, I'm just jumping into this with issue three. I like Ah, it. Okay. I'm not the biggest Bendis fan. We all know that. But like, I like it enough. But um, I got to be honest, if this week of the kind of let's get the crew together type deal, I really liked Infernals more. Ah, gotcha. Yeah. Um, And then uh, I know, Janelle, you had a chance to uh, check out one that I was actually super excited about uh, on the Green Lantern side of things. Sinister Sons, uh, number one. This launched from a series of backup stories in Green Lantern, in the core Green Lantern series. So there was about four issues where the backup dealt with um, Stinson and the background, how he gets to the point of establishing like, okay, like. I feel like my dad's Sinestro. I want to prove that to everybody. And so that was kind of built up there. And then this picks up literally right where that left off. I mean, it's a matter of days. I know you didn't have a chance to check out the backups because those were just happening. So what did you think? I, You know, they fill you in here. There's also a, the other Sinister Son that comes from Neil Before Zod, which is a series that is currently ongoing where they establish in like, I think it was issue zero, uh, where Zod's son is essentially kicked off the planet. So that's they do a really good job, I think, of summarizing those things. But what did you think? Because I'm, I'm very curious. I'm At first, I thought they were the same person, just like in the future, uh, <laughs> or like maybe, I don't know, makeup or something. I don't know. Um, but once I 
I definitely got the gist of it. I I was hooked. I think this is adorable. Like I think this is going to be really fun to watch these two characters. They both have such chips on their shoulders right. and they are so like angsty teenager, like angry kiddos. And it's hilarious to me. Like I'm, I'm like, so this is an angsty teen who's mad at their parents. They might be older, but that's what it feels like. Um, with incredible power <laughs> and uh, can do some crazy stuff and a spaceship like <laughs> and wanting to take over the universe like the galaxy um so i think it's just it's a big story and i think it's going to be really really fun to watch yeah i i think it's just fun I, and i yeah. and i also love the stuff with um Oh, my God. Uh, I'm blanking on his name. I, I always blank on not Stinson, uh, but <laughs> General yeah, Zod's son. Uh, I yeah. always blank on his name. Um, but I uh, lore Zod. Thank you. There we go. Yeah. Um, so um, but I think the conversation with the mom and the A.I. Yes. Like that was, you know, that was I thought they did a good job of encapsulating all the stuff that happened in that issue, but also bringing something new to it. I, I agree. I think this is super fun. Also, David LaFuente's artwork is always a uh, it was always a banger for me. I, lo I love it. So very excited for this. And then last, I will round it out uh, with what's happening in the old Moon Knight side of the universe. Vengeance of Moon Knight number two. Obviously, if you watched our previous breakdown of 30, you know that Mark Spector is dead. Uh, and now we have this new Moon Knight and everyone's kind of immediate thought is, oh, it's Mark, right? <laughs> it's got to be Mark coming into this. And this issue does its best to swerve you and convince you otherwise. Um, and I think to, you know, I still feel like it's Mark or something's going on with Mark, but they did do a good job of planting some doubt there and we'll see if they can kind of build and capitalize on it. But I will say like, this book is just stunning. Uh, it's, it's gorgeous. Like the Tigra sections where, where Tigra is fighting with, with this new Moon Knight, uh, Hunter's Moon. I mean, this is just a showcase and it has been a showcase on the series, but this is a showcase for Moon Knight. So I'm uh, really enjoying this. Curious to see how this lands as well. And if they can really deliver a twist when that mask does eventually come off, that isn't like, oh, so it is Mark. <laughs> it is what, what we thought. I'm very curious. Um, all right. So before we get out of here, uh, let's do record pass on the main two books here. So uh, Batman number 143, Joker, you won part two. Uh, Kofi, yay or nay? I'll say yay. All right. Sweet. Janelle? A resounding yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm a big thumbs up, too. That's a that's a win. You go get that book. <laughs> <laughs> you go read that book and then you go get the last issue and you read that too because it's it's great. Uh, and then uh, follow the House of X number two. Uh, Janelle, thumbs up, thumbs down. Thumbs up. Not as excited yeah. as uh, my Joker, but thumbs up. <laughs> Kofi, thumbs up, thumbs down on this one. Thumbs down. Oh, man. Interesting. Uh, I'm going to go thumbs up uh, for this one. So, I mean, you know, hey, two out of three ain't bad. And that's a pretty good week for comics. And of course, we've talked about a lot of other comics here. You should definitely check out. Crazy enough, I still had to trim it down. There's more that 
didn't make this list that are also great. So make sure to head to your local comic store uh, and your digital platform of choice and talk comics. We always love to hear what you think, your feedback. Um, Andrew, I, I saw the comment there. I will definitely check that out. Uh, Gone by Jack. I will I will give it a look. I haven't heard of it so far, so I will definitely look at that. Uh, thank you guys for everything. Always checking out the show. Uh, we love to hear what you think. Until next time, deuces.